Hi, everyone, and welcome to the State of State Schools podcast. I'm your host, John Stamper, Christian author, former homeschooler, and former public school teacher. Once a week, I'll give a quick recap of the most important headlines in education and pull back the curtain on what's really happening in our kids' schools. If you're a teacher, parent, or homeschool family, this podcast is for you. Thanks for listening, and let's get started. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode number 29, coming from the week of July 3rd. This week, we're talking about how a Missouri school board is drawing the line with activists. We're talking about school choice and how it's going gangbusters in Iowa. And we're talking about the NEA continuing to promote radical books to its teachers. Story number one, the National Education Association, the NEA, which is the nation's largest teachers union, and largest union period, they just released their recommended summer reading list for teachers. The list consists of 11 books and includes a controversial book called Gender Queer. This book has been the subject of school board protests and parent pushbacks due to its sexually inappropriate descriptions of oral sex and its discussions on masturbation. Another book called White Fragility also made the list, and this book claims that white people use anger, shame, and guilt to avoid being held accountable for their racism. The NEA consistently promotes radical political materials to its teachers. This is nothing new. For example, going back about 10 years or so, I write about this in my book, but going back about 10 years or so, the NEA was promoting political, and community activism. So they published a list of books for teachers who were interested in becoming activists. At the top of the recommended reading list was Saul Alinsky's book, Rules for Radicals. Alinsky was a Marxist community organizer who, in his book, he made a dedication to Satan. I'm not exaggerating. This is literal. He made a dedication to Satan. His dedication read, quote, Lest we forget at least an over-the-shoulder acknowledgement to the very first radical. From all our legends, mythology, and history, the first radical known to man who rebelled against the establishment and did it so effectively that he at least won his own kingdom, Lucifer. End quote. So this is the man, Saul Alinsky, in his book, Rules for Radicals, that the NEA promoted to its teachers and indirectly to students, your children. Recently, the NEA president, Becky Pringle, stated, quote, for us at the NEA, education justice must be about racial justice. It must be about social justice. It must be about climate justice. It must be about all of those things, end quote. This position is very much in line with the world's largest education publisher, Pearson. I talked about Pearson in a recent episode, how they just released new guidelines for their own education materials. And of course, the goal is to include more diversity, equity, and inclusion, DEI. According to these new guidelines, Pearson is committed to fighting systemic racism in education. And in order to do that, they will begin training their employees on their new standards. And their new standards relate to race, ethnicity, gender, 
sexual orientation, social class, religion, and disability. The main consultant for these new guidelines at Pearson was Dr. Jason Arday. He said, quote, The guidelines produced represent a cultural shift in publishing that attempts to center race and racial equality at its core, end, end quote. So how do we fight racism? By making race the core of all of our education materials. I don't think so. So let's connect the dots between the NEA and Pearson, the largest teachers union in America and the largest education publisher in the world. Both recently stated their intentions to focus on race, social justice, climate justice, gender, and sexual orientation. Both have decided to focus on political and social issues instead of focusing on academics. Pearson makes the materials and the teacher Teachers unions use those materials in the classroom. So what does this mean for public education? What should parents and teachers in the public schools expect to see in the near future? Well, I always like to learn from history so we can look back at where this sort of thing has happened before, and that can give us an idea as to what we can expect here. So where else throughout history have we seen education systems focus on race, social and political issues, instead of focusing on academics, like the NEA and Pearson are doing. Chapter 8 in my book goes more in-depth on this issue, but here are just a few examples. First of all, the education system in the USSR under Vladimir Lenin, and I talk about this all the time, as often as I can really, because it's important, the USSR under Lenin implemented new history and focused on politics. Lenin said that Kindergarten classes were the sprouts of communism. That's how political education was. Second, education in Nazi Germany under Hitler focused on sports, racial science, and new history. Hitler stated about children, quote, If the older generation cannot get accustomed to us, then we shall take their children away from them and rear them as needful to the fatherland, end quote. Next, in communist China, Mao shut down schools and colleges during a cultural revolution. And during the revolution, he implemented an entirely new curriculum focusing on activism and politics. Starting to see a theme here. In Cambodia, under Pol Pot, teachers were rewarded for promoting communism in the classroom. And finally, in North Korea, teachers meet regularly with officials to discuss which political policies must be implemented in schools. So, sure, this path has been taken before, but under Marxist and communist regimes, atheist regimes that contributed to the rise of communism in the 20th century and led to approximately 100 million deaths through the Holocaust, genocides, and mass starvation. So, every one of those regimes implemented progressive, political ideologies in their schools. In every one of those nations, the family unit was undermined, fractured, or destroyed in the process. So, long story short, here in America, we should take extreme caution with our education system so that we don't repeat these same tragic mistakes. Any similarities or parallels that we might have in our schools should cause us to stop and change course immediately.
Headline number two in Iowa. This last January, Governor Kim Reynolds signed the Students First Act, also known as the School Choice Bill. This allows families in Iowa to apply for education savings accounts, or ESAs, worth about $7,600, and they can be applied toward a private school tuition. Well, the state received over 25,000 applications for the new ESAs, but the state's budget can only support about 14,000 students. State Representative John Willis said, quote, I do think it demonstrates a pent-up need in the state of Iowa for this program. And it's good to see the people who wanted this option are taking advantage of it, end quote. Again, just to reiterate my opinion on school choice or education savings accounts, the best case scenario, in my opinion, is to completely remove the government from education, period. Public education has tanked since the DOE was created. Now, I don't support homeschool families using these school choice funds because state and federal agencies will always, always, always have oversight on public funds that they distribute. And you don't want the government dictating what you teach in your home. My fear is that in the end, school choice will become just another government-run education system, exactly like the education system we have now. Headline number three, this story is a good example of how school boards across the country could respond to this obsession with LGBTQ curriculum, sex, and gender identity. In Missouri, the Springfield Public School Board was being pressured by various community members to draft a resolution or a statement of support for LGBTQ students and staff. So, one board member did prepare a response but the statement wasn't exactly what was asked for. The statement said, quote, As a member of this prestigious board, I'm not here to push forward an agenda of sexual identity, GLO, rainbow cults, MAGA groups, pride, NRA, NAACP, or any other group or faction. This resolution is nothing more than a distraction for our school system. I view this resolution as an attack on these four walls by activists who constantly try to distract this board from its mission and vision. I did not become a member of this board to help facilitate activists in their agenda, end quote. So I think this is a solid response. It's a common sense position. You know, it's not the only way to respond to activism, but at least it's clear, you know, saying, you know, this is, this is a distraction. We're not here to facilitate activism. That's fair enough. I can get on board with that. So leave those issues to parents and families and let schools focus on academics. Well, that's all I have for you this week. That's the state of state schools. Thanks, everybody.